Let me show you some. Want real- some lamp soup? Look at this shit. Look at this fucking picture I'm gonna send you. Oh shit! You see shit. that shit? Can you describe what that is? You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. I know it's been a bit without an episode. That is, This is part five. Just joking. It's not part five. It's a brand new episode. I'm here with my brother Adam in the reactor. I snuck out of my mitzvah chair. I wish I could explain to the people. I think that our setup, our podcast studio, a lot of times people become better at their setup. Our setup gets jankier every single episode that we do the podcast. Right. There's wires everywhere. Describe what's Don't. going on. Describe what's going I, on. It's like room. there's wires everywhere. We it to set up our podcast studio, it takes us about an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. That's uh, whenever I see like the Joe Rogan podcast thing and I see his studio, it always makes me laugh. Right, he comes in. <laughs> he comes in, and it's like this nice sits studio. Down. I was thinking, like, do you think that like you know when you read a fantasy book and there's like like one of the warriors and then they eventually like go somewhere nice and he, he can't sleep in the bed? Because right. he's so hardened, he has to sleep on the floor. Do you yeah. think that one day when like, you know hey guys, when there's, there's when companies are, are competing to give us a podcast studio, right? There's not enough wires. In that here. that will be like, hey, we need we need it to smell worse. It doesn't we need, smell like it doesn't trash. smell. It's not dark enough. There's not dog hair everywhere and wires. There's not like a man moving out of his apartment in here. Trash everywhere. Trash whiteboard. everywhere. So it's just gross. Things in this room: a ukulele, a whiteboard, a vacuum, papers everywhere, papers a box. everywhere, sandals. Trash. And Amazon it smells packages, in here too, monitors. and it's a tiny room. Yeah, it smells terrible. No, these are the gripes where we gripe to each other for 30 seconds each about something mildly irritating. What is your gripe today? Okay, I have a fantastic gripe. This morning, okay, about four hours ago, I went to I went to boxing class. All right, and I go I go with my fiance. So you have to move the bags into a good position. So imagine a big heavy bag, boxing bag. You guys know what I'm talking about. The big long thing, long sausage boxing bag. So you have to like reach up and grab it and move it to like a good position. So, so my girlfriend was, I was wrapping my hands and my girlfriend was trying to move, her, move hers. And I was like, all right, once I'm done with this, I'm going to, I'm going to help her out. Cause she was, you know, she's my fiance. A dude comes mm. from literally across mm. the room. Mm. Okay. Mm. He is like on the other side of like a huge gym. Mm-hmm. He sees a woman in help. He comes. Is it all, he's yeah. like a mile what away. Need. Yeah. He he might have been outside looking in the window. He comes over and like I'm about to tell my fiance, and he's like, "Oh, I got it." And he reaches up and moves the bag for her. Oh, was he tall? Was he he a, was, tall. was he a tall. So let me just explain. Let me tall? explain to you uh, to you guys something. As a short man. As a short. Okay. You you know that you're gonna be the same height, if not less than the same height, as your significant other. That's a woman. So you develop strategies to be able to get things for the women, woman from up high. You tall dudes just reach there. Such the short a, dude has to like groom. climb up. Right. So I was going to like jump up and get the bag. So he, this dude comes over, moves the bag for her perfectly. And, and, and then I was like, after he left, I was like, Hey, I like, I was going to get that for you. And she was like, you couldn't do it. She's like, it was too tall for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it absolutely broke me. So what is your gripe? Short, but, shortness? My, no, my gripe is two things. My gripe is, is one, the dude that came all the way over from the corner of the room to help her move the bag. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like, like let the upstaged me. 
the dude that upstaged me in front of the, in front of my fiance. Yeah. And then my and now that that that's the gripe because I had developed a short strategy to do it. I was gonna jump. You know, I was gonna do it with all my might because you can't not move the bag for your woman if you want her to have sex with you later. Yeah, I see that being an issue during sex. What did you think about that story? I'm trying to figure out. I love the story. I'm trying to figure out where. Where is the gripe in your story? Like, what is the petty it's thing the, that you are upset about? It, it's it's when it's the pickle jar curb your enthusiasm episode. Yeah, it's when you have to do something manly for your woman and you're about to do it, but some other dude sees the opportunity to be a to be a huge man and he comes over before you can do it. Does that happen to you a lot? That n- not like this. This was insane because I was I was like a foot away from her. Yeah, I was like a foot away from her, and we're clearly together. This dude is on the other side of the gym. Mm-hmm. But he's a tall. He's huge. I think that tall people often will do things for short people like that. Like put their bags up in the overhead bins in an airline. Right, right. But but you wouldn't do it to someone's fiance. It's right next to their to their husband. What can short people what is something we can do for the talls? Do you understand, Grab something do you understand for my them? story? I feel like you're not even getting my no, story. No, I get your story. It'd be I very was upstaged annoying. by a tall. Yeah, you were upstaged by a tall. Right. And, and the, really, the whole, your right. whole life has been a fight against the my whole My whole life has been a fight against tall for against women. Against the talls. Because you're always fighting against talls for women, right? Yeah, competing with talls You're competing with talls for women. Here's the thing that I was going to... I would have rather died than not be able to move the bag for her. So I'm going to climb up on the bag, you know, do something ridiculous, right? Right. Okay, what's your, what's your gripe? Yeah, precisely. Uh, my gripe. So last week, we talked about celebrities teaming up. We talked about the Barack Obama and... Bruce Springsteen team up on the podcast and how annoying that was because they're both super famous, but apparently they weren't famous enough by themselves. They had to team up to double their fame, you know, right. to 10x their fame. Do and not start have enough. Something. Do you so not have enough? I already told Noah this, but I was in a bookstore and I saw a James Patterson book with a helicopter on it. I was like, okay, there's a James Patterson book. And I wasn't in the bookstore. Okay. I saw it on my Kindle. Now what I'm realizing because my Kindle has ads. Yeah. And it said James Patterson and Bill Clinton. <laughs> because the James Dude, Harrison book isn't enough. I'm telling you, because because famous people were bored during Corona. So they're like, you know what we can do during Corona? I'm going to just get more famous. So I think famous people have figured out that even if they're extremely famous, like Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, they are not famous enough. If they double up on something, it will just be way more famous. Well, I think it's easy. Of a thing. I think when you're that famous, yeah. it's easy to get more famous because what you do is you say, I have this huge audience that likes me. You have a huge audience that likes you, Barack Obama. All right. And let's just do something together and let's just do something together and we'll just share our huge audiences together and get even more famous. Do you know what I mean? Do you have a good story about being upstaged by a tall? We love you tall listeners. As a short man, life is a battle for women against talls. You didn't really understand my story. All right, you gotta keep going, baby. It's so good. Let's fucking go. What okay. an that's, ending. That's the new oh, style you right banger. there. That's, that's a fucking point. banger. Hey, I just wanted to say, before I forgot, this podcast is sponsored by Four Sigmatic Coffee. Probably have a bunch of tall people in there because they can do shit. That is really good. Another Scandinavian. 
There's are they Scandinavian? Yeah. Yeah. And they dropped Norway, the sponsor right? and they dropped the Finland, sponsorship. Norway? It's one of those. <laughs> and the last time we were sponsored by it's, them. It's one of the it's one of the qualities. <laughs> we drink Four Thematic because I fucking love their coffee. I actually do. And it makes it makes me more productive. I don't have a come down. You know when you're drinking coffee and you have a come down? It sucks. You know when you're drinking coffee, it doesn't make you more productive after you drink it for a while, it blows. So I love Four Sigmatic. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. More sex. If you guys go to forcematic.com, use the offer code Dude Nature. That is all one word. Dude Nature, no exclamation mark. You will get 10% off all your Four Sigmatic. And I want to thank uh, the person the other day that bought $100 worth of Four Sigmatic. Um, not sure who you are, but thank you very much. Do they Hell sell yeah. Four Sigmatic? Oh, at, also, at- also, reviews. I want to thank Training with Tucker for giving us a Yangtze. And then I want to thank. Um, CD Moon 0810 says awesome podcast. Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's. Do you think they sell Four Sigmatic at Howdy's? <laughs> thank you, man. Um, or woman. Do I think? Oh, thank you, man or woman. Woke. Well, you can't say thank you. I mean, man. it's probably no. Thank you, man. Can you say man to like a woman? I, I you can kind of say man to a woman, right? You, I think that you can. I you can like you- man a woman. Thanks, man. Um, Thanks a lot, man. If you guys want to leave a review for the podcast, just literally leave, leave a dick joke. We have six six reviews now that have dick jokes in them. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love every one of them. Do you think they so sell thank you. Four Sigmatic at Howdy's? Yeah, I think they do. Howdy's nuts. Yeah, good one. Uh, Noah, game time. Yeah. What type of branch can prevent a vampire from rising at night? Is it a hawthorn, an ash, an oak, or an aspen? Aspen. Ash? It is an aspen. Aspen? I guess. What? I don't know. I don't know why. Where do you put the branch? You you put the branch on the coffin and stops them from rising. Branch of these balls. Nope. Nope. Where does Dracula's name come from? Uh, Dracula? Yeah. You ever heard of Dracula? No, I don't know. Well, I don't know where his name comes from. His name comes from from Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler of Wallachia. So this is a real guy. He had a habit of nailing people's heads to spikes. Nailing them alive, or even impaling them through the chest. This is Vlad? This is a real dude? This is the real dude, Vlad the Impaler. Okay? He was a dude, he was in the Ottoman Empire region, like Turkey, Transylvania area of Eastern Europe. And he had kind of a weird life. And he was born and then quickly made a servant of another culture. So he was basically raised in a prison. Okay, so then when he became an adult, he was a real piece of shit. <laughs> so one thing that he did was one time he had visitors from a Muslim country come. They had turbans on, and he said, "Well, if they like the turbans so much, wearing their turbans in my presence, I'll just nail the turbans to their heads." And that's what he did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So why? Vlad so, the Impaler. So why does he connect to Dracula? So Bram Stoker, right, the guy who wrote Dracula. Yeah. He wrote about he. He read about Vlad the Impaler. And he was like, this guy is, is a fuck. Le- this guy's a fuck, but I'm going to make him the inspiration for Dracula. And he called him Dracula because Dracula is somehow associated with Vlad, who's somehow associated with the devil. And so it was kind of a devil iconography kind of situation. You ever met someone named Vlad? No. I've, I've never met, met a, a Vlad. I, I met a Vlad. A Russian? Hated him. You didn't like not Vlad. a Russian. He was just a wiener. Is it because he nailed people's heads to come? No, it's actually. Germans? Now we talk about competing with the talls for women. Actually, I was hitting on a girl, and he he tried to he tried to swoop in. He tried to swoop in. I remember I remember him being like, "Hey man, is it okay if like I go for her too?" And I was like, "No, it's it's not it's not really okay." 
Um, I don't know why I have this in here, but Bella Lugosi, the guy who played Dracula in the Count Dracula movie uh-huh. made from the Bram Stoker book, he was buried in his full Dracula costume, including the cape. The dude who played Dracula? Yeah, the dude who played what? Dracula. That's called fucking committing. It's committing to the bit. That's commitment. It is absolute commitment. No, what is our topic today? Our topic today is, if you haven't already guessed, blood suckers. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go into medical blood suckers, how blood suckers are used for medical use, then the vampire finch, then ticks and Lyme disease, halftime honey, and Adam's gonna end with lampreys. Lamprey. Adam. Yes. Begins that don't suck. You've sixty seconds. Tell us everything we need to know about blood suckers to enjoy the episode. Yes. Ready? Three, I am ready. Two, one, go. Uh hemato- hematophagy. Hem- Let me try it again. Don't do hem- dick jokes. That's not a dick joke. Hematophagy is a practice by certain animals of feeding on blood, Noah. Okay, it turns out that blood, it isn't really hard to get once you get below the skin. It's actually a dominant method of feeding for many small worms, arthropods, creepy crawlies, stuff like that. Okay, but humans, we also eat and drink blood. Here's some examples. Cow blood mixed with milk, for example, is a mainstay food in Africa. Really? Of the Maasai people. Yeah. Marco Polo reported that Mongols drank blood from their horses if necessary. And many places around the world eat blood sausage, which is made from blood of different animals. Damn. So today we take a deep Earl look at blood suckers and blood sucking in general. Do, and once I get my mouse back, do, 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 I'm going to play do, the music. Janky ass setup. No, what is our theme today? Our theme today is Parasite or Helper. Blood, blood friend or su- foe. Friend or thank you. I was I was friend or foe. It, and I was like, what is the fucking thing that people say? Mm-hmm. Blood suckers are either they either suck really bad or they can be a huge help to us medically. Right. So parasite so parasite, friend or foe. Okay, we're gonna start with the medical uses of blood suckers. Before we get to blood sucking, we just want to do a quick um future of work part five. Yeah, if you guys don't mind, if you guys don't mind, we're gonna do future work we're part slip five. Right into part five. <laughs> How'd you guys feel about the the four parter? Speaking of sleep slipping in, did you notice today that I've slipped out of my mitzvah chair? I'm in my office chair, dude. What the? So Adam, so we have to, again, we have to use these shitty ass mitzvah chairs. Shitty mitzvah chairs. We use these. We call them bar mitzvah chairs because it's what you would use at a someone's bar mitzvah to sit there and listen to it. It's the most uncomfortable chair ever. We use it to not squeak. It would be a good chair. For and a bar actually, mitzvah. it's funny because. Adam yells at me all the time to use the chair. I never. I want to use our comfortable office chairs. And now Adam has actually switched out his mitzvah chair for an office chair without telling but me. But I'm rigid. I'm rigid backed. I'm rigid backed. I'm trying not I, to make any. I'd love not to be in this shit chair. Um, medical use of blood suckers. We're gonna talk about leeches, Adam. Leeches. Yeah. So Lecherous. back in the day, you guys, leeches were used as a cure all for everything. I've heard that. Yeah. They're in Egypt and later in medieval Europe. It was thought that. That's back in the day. Back in the day. Where was that? That was back in the day. Oh, okay. It was thought that leeches helped to balance the body or suck out the bats. So they would basically put leeches on people. And there was these thing called humors. They thought they thought the body back then was composed of what's called what they called humors, which is basically just like balance. Six different things of balance. And they would put leeches on people to essentially balance them out. Obviously, this was stupid. It didn't actually work. Um, but a leech is perfect in that it can ingest. 10 times its own body weight and blood in any one sitting. So it literally sucks this shit out of you when you when you get a leech. The generic leech? Yeah. Do you know in, so listen to this in the 1830s in France, in France alone in one year they would go through 35 million leeches because of oh. how popular leeches were. 
popular like leeching people was. I think someone was keeping track of their data. The lean analytics for the leech community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the late 1800s, leeching finally went out of style. But actually, the really cool thing is that in modern medicine, we use, we have a big use for leeches. We still u- use them. Can I um, guess? Yeah. Is it because their blood, something, they have some sort of toxin or chemical that makes the blood not um, co- not coagulate, not harden? Like you don't get a scab when they're on you. Okay, right? so so they do they do have that. They have they have an anticoagulant inside of their inside of their suck. Yeah, inside of their suck hole. Inside of their suck hole that makes the makes the blood run, but that's not why they're used. So okay. ac- according to Dr. Rudolf Buntick at the California Pacific Medical Center in San Francisco, during reconstructive surgeries, so let's say you get your finger chopped off or something, if you get so if you get your finger chopped off and you're re and you're reattaching it, um, a surgeon's reattaching it, what happens is when it gets reattached initially, the the arteries that carry blood into that finger, they they heal first, but the veins that take that take the blood out of the finger are like they're too small to repair. Mm-hmm. So basically, again, let me let me say it better. The surgeons are able to repair the veins that bring blood into the finger that was severed. This time with feeling. Yeah, into the finger that was severed, but they don't have the tools to fix the very very small veins that take take blood out. So when you reattach a finger, you're getting a lot of blood in and nothing out. Mm-hmm. And um, so what happens with this is that you get blood clots in the reattached finger because blood can come in and not out. And this leads to complications with the healing. Like it doesn't he- – your finger then doesn't heal. So what you do is that you you reattach the finger and then, and then you let the blood come in and then you put leeches onto the finger and they basically act as the vein they, and they draw stale blood out of the finger – which prevents blood clots and allows fresh oxygenated blood to come back into the finger, providing enough time for the, for the finger to heal the veins on its own. This so is like, a treatment for a, a missing finger? Miss, so attaching limbs. Anything severed, you would use leeches. Do you understand? Yeah, is this something that is used today in yeah, modern it's medicine? Literally, yes, yes. With a real fucking Yeah, listen, leech? in 2004, according to the U, it's from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, this is used so much for reattaching stuff. That uh, leeches are considered a medical device. A leech? A leech is a leech is officially by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration considered a medical device. Just for fingers. I the, all the examples I read were for fingers, but I'm not sure about the an arm. Can you or something. scale it up to like an arm? Can we even put an arm back on? on? I, I thought you were gonna say that the le- the leech and the fingers has something to do with what is the flatworm planaria planarial regeneration, where if you cut a planaria up. It will regrow into two planaria. Like if you mm-hmm. slice a planaria, it then becomes two planaria. But that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is that the leeches, they help with the blood flow from the finger because you need to get the stale blood yeah. out of the finger. But like it's they're like a tiny little medical device when you think when you when you really think about it. Like when you, when you put when you reattach the finger, if you don't have a leech, the, it just fills up with blood and you can't get blood out of the finger. So then it then the, that blood clocks, fresh blood can't come in, and the finger becomes like dead. So to reattach the finger, do you you put the finger onto the stump? Do you like sew yeah, it on? I I assume you sew, and then you put leeches on it. You you sew it on the stump. You let the blood come into the finger, and then you put leeches onto the finger to suck out the stale blood. And it says after you do this for about ten days, and after ten days, the smaller veins that take the that take blood out naturally they have they repair themselves. 
And then you you remove the giant leeches. And then from your and then you remove the giant leeches from your finger. I don't understand. So people go home with a bag of leeches. It's like a treatment plan, right? And they have their treatment Dude, plan. Dude, literally, and then so they have a bag of they, leeches. They have pictures of like like surgeons will call down to the pharmacy and be like, I need I need t- ten leeches, and they just come in a pill bottle. The, the same, leeches. Yeah, the same pill bottle that you would get like oxycodone. And they're or mo- they're moving around and stuff. Yeah, they're just in this little pill bottle. Also, oh, they're a little small leeches. It's like it has like imagine getting. Going to your pharmacy and you get like you know your thing and has has the the label on it, but there's just leeches. What in does it. the generic leech actually look like? It's a bol- It's a blobby black thing. It looks it looks like a uh, like a slug basically, but smaller, yeah. a smaller slug. Vampire vampire slug. Yeah. So I thought that I thought that was really cool that we do we currently use leeches a lot to help reattach limbs such as fingers. Mm-hmm. Fingers are the only example I could find. A penis. You would definitely use it for a penis. It's pretty much a finger, right? Yeah, it's pretty much a finger. Okay. Um, vampire bats also. There's no, there's no bone inside of your penis, right? That goes all the way up. There's no, there's no bone. There's in no there. bone in the penis, right? Can you reattach? It's not like your can finger. you even like this? Just let me down. Can you reattach like a penis or an arm? Remember the story about the boy who was waving his wiener around like a carrot, and the donkey bit it off. No. And they had to reattach it. What? We were listening to NPR in the car one day. This is Was it with know, mom? This is old with mom. This is old timey NPR. And they were talking about a story where a boy waved his wiener like a carrot at a donkey. The donkey comes up and the donkey bites the carrot his it was penis a carrot, off. Yeah. And they have to reattach his penis. Did it work? And then mom mom was like, see, don't wave your wiener around to people. And that that goes to show you. <laughs> Did it work? Uh I don't know. To be continued. Um other 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 bloodsuckers that have been used medically, vampire bats. So vampire bats, when they bite into an animal, they release a chemical known as desmodoplase. Um, <laughs> right, desmodoplase. Um, but it basically gives the enzymes in your body that break down blood clots steroids, and it makes them work like crazy. So when a vampire bat, bat bites you, it causes your blood to just run much more evenly. Um this chemical that like helps blood run more evenly was synthesized as a medicine to use to relieve blood clots, uh, specifically in stroke patients. But however, there were it seemed like the drug was really expensive. It was really expensive because you got to get serum from vampire bats, so they discontinued it in twenty in twenty fourteen. But the leeches is still used all all around now. Okay, friend or foe? So this is the friend. Well, leeches have been used in medicine for so long. Right, right? but they were used the, incorrectly. They were used incorrectly. Now we actually use them correctly. Why did they use them back in the day? They used them be- because the, they were scared that there was an evil spirit in the body. Basically, they, they used them back in the day because they thought that leeches, like when you were sick, that you needed to balance your body. So when you were really sick, they would put leeches all over your body that would suck more of your blood out. And I make think you they had sicker. the they kind of had the right idea, but the wrong, the wrong method, maybe the wrong execution. You know, your body does need to maintain homeostasis, right? You want to balance your body out, but you don't want to put leeches on Yeah, I don't think you want to put the leeches on the body. Right. Um, let's talk let's talk about the vampire finch. Vamp finch. Okay. I thought that this was really cool because when you think about a bloodsucker, you think about like a mosquito or the vampire bat, when you go for a walk or when you go outside in any facet, chances are you'll see like a small little brown bird. Right, finch, a, a little finch, finchy. Okay, what I didn't realize, didn't know, is Darwin's that there is a finch that sucks blood. It looks just like any finch. Well, this is beach, wherever beach. you are in the U.S. and Canada, in Europe, wherever you're at. What does this beak look like? 
it it has like a super sharp it has a super sharp beak, but it literally looks like any finch that you would see outside. Okay, but the finches that you see outside, right? They have a fat beak to crack open nuts. Is the way I understand it. Right, like a fat, powerful right. beak. This so so this this vampire finch, um, what it's, kind of beak do we have? It's only found in the Dar- the Darwin and Wolf Islands of the Galapagos. So these uh, these islands, they're extremely remote even for the Galapagos, and they're tiny, tiny, tiny islands. They're only about a square mile for both of them. And they're separated from the larger Galapagos Islands by 100 miles. Mm-hmm. So there are these tiny, mile-big islands in the middle of nowhere. Um, fresh water on the island is, like, is super, super rare. So these birds have evolved a way to get water nutrients in this tiny little environment that they couldn't get otherwise. Oh, from blood. Yeah. So they only live on these two islands. It's a, it isn't that cool? It's like a finch that you see outside, but it's it sucks blood. Right. So what it does is it sucks the blood of of blue footed boobies. Mm-hmm. If you've seen a nature documentary, you've seen the the big birds from the Galapagos that have the blue feet. Yeah, the, the boobies. The boobies. It specifically sucks their blood. Oh. Yeah. The blue footed boobs. Yeah. It's basically the vampire finch. Wait, how it, does does it suck their living blood? Living. Yes. Living. Yes. How does it do it? Well, so. It what it evolved. How this evolved, they think, is that the vampire finch used to just hop onto blue-footed boobies, and it was mutualism, which means that both species prosper from it. Mm-hmm. The vampire finch would hop onto the blue-footed bo- booby, and and like peck out little bugs on the back of the boob. <laughs> they peck out bugs. So on the, oh, f- it's a mutualistic. So listen, thing. yeah. So so at first, at first. The vampire finch would just hop on the blue-footed booby and and just peck out bugs on it. So the okay, yeah, the, yeah. the booby was like, I like this. Then what scientists think happened was that the fierce competition on this one mile wide island mm-hmm. with no fresh water, like these creatures had to evolve. So they couldn't leave. They can't leave the island, right? Because they can't fly a hundred miles. Right. So they had to find some way to survive. And what is thought is that while they were on the back of the bigger bird, the blue-footed booby, that they would like accidentally peck into the blood. And then they would just drink the blood and be like, oh, I got water. Yeah. Um, so there's there's crazy photos of like a blue footed booby with a vamp with like five vampire finches on it and it's like bleeding everywhere. They're literally they're like the mosquitoes. But they're worse because they're like, you know, body size ratio to the to that other bird, they're pretty big. That's that's uh, amazing. Yeah. So they, they actually got a taste for blood. Or they were getting some things that they needed from the blood. So they're yeah, and have it, the boobies evolved to and be like fuck these birds. The, so the boobies act they act like we do with mosquitoes. Like like if one hops on, they're like whatever. But then if like then they can get like swarmed by them, and they like they're like I can't be here. They have to fly away. And the scientists say that they were like they were when they observed them feeding, they were really surprised by number one how aggressive they are, and number two how much blood they drink when they're on the back of a booby. Yeah, how much? So a ton. Like there's blood everywhere. It's what do you mean? There's blood. It's like, it's what do you like, mean blood everywhere? Is it like a, go to the blood, I have a picture of blood. I have a picture of it. I'll put a picture of it on the Instagram. But it's basically like it's like Alfred. It's like the birds. It's like Alfred Hitchcock. They jump on the booby and they drink its blood. Jump on the booby um, and they, they drink its blood. They have the sharpest beaks of any finch on the Galapagos of the islands, um, and their gut microbiome is totally different than other finches because it has to deal with the iron in blood. Wow. Yeah. Have you heard of the white? The have shit. you heard of the white finch? White finch, these balls. Instead of getting, instead of getting its nutrients from blood, it gets its nutrients from semen. 
and starts it starts sucking the mammal's penises. And it ejaculates in the mouth, and it gets it's learned to get its nutrients from the ejaculate. Observe first observed by Darwin. <laughs> the, the the Lost Chronicles of Darwin. Yeah, the, the Lost, lost Chron- the White the Finch. Lost Files of Darwin. The White Finch. The Great White Finch. Um. The boobies have learned to gather around the white finch. I can't. I can't go any farther with the metaphor. That was tough. Yeah, that was tough. It was a bit. It was I was a, thinking it was about it. Bit. I was thinking about it for a while. Take some Lyme disease. Okay, we're gonna transfer out. Um, when we go hiking in Northern California, it's it's a disaster with the dogs. It's terrible with the dogs. When if you bring your dog hiking, it is like you get in the car. You spend like 30 minutes cleaning ticks off your dog. And then when you're you're driving back, they just start crawling over him. You see more and more and more. Isn't some of that Um, from the the climate change and the change of of seasons? Listen to this. Yeah. I got bad news. We're going to be more ticky. Okay. According to the CDC, from 1993 to 2012, there was a 300% increase in the likelihood that a person could get Lyme disease based on tick growth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is that crazy? I think what is Lyme disease? Two percent of all ticks in Northern California that bite you have Lyme disease. Something yeah, like that. yeah, very small amount. But there's been a three hundred percent increase in the likelihood that you can get it because there's so many more ticks now. Mm. Um, so yeah, like you said, the ticks increase in population is directly related to climate change. I mean, the ticks and the dogs when we take them hiking Mount it's Tam like a joke. in the Bay Area, it's like someone has played a stupid joke on us. We're pulling. We pulled. Remember when Ashley was pulling ticks off the dogs in the back Dude, of the hike? We she pulled like eight ticks off of each dog. Yeah. We we pull like eight ticks off, and then then we were driving back. She kept seeing ticks crawling on them to pull them off more. Jesus, it's like a joke. You it's cannot go fiesta. anywhere near the grass. Oh God! I remember we we were doing that hike, and we were like, "Let's go eat in the grass." And we went and eat in the grass. Two minutes in, there was a tick crawling up my leg. It's brutal. So out why there. has it gotten so bad? Yeah. So again, it's directly related to climate change. Climate change. Warmer temperatures for ticks means greater geographical area. So, for example, the Lone Star Tick, once found only in the southeastern U.S., is now found in the uh, northeast. Because mm. with warmer and longer summers, the ticks are active longer. What? Warmer, so, longer summers. They have a, more action with for warmer, the ticks. longer summers. The ticks are not only active longer, but with warm, you know, everywhere is getting warmer, so they have a bigger geographical area to go to now too. Okay. Um, going to Lyme disease. Lyme disease actually comes from a bacteria found in the tick. Not directly from the tick. So that when the tick bites you, it transfers this bacteria to you, and that causes the disease. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this firsthand. When we were growing up there, we had a dog, and we didn't have to pull off eight ticks from him when we would go hiking on the same mountain. No. Right? Oh, we, oh, yeah. We, we took our dog when we were young uh, to that grass, that grassy field all the time. And now when we go hiking there, it's a joke. Thanksgiving when we go back, and we come back from it, we're like, okay, so someone's just going to stand in the back of the car and pull dozens of ticks off these dogs. No, you like can't bring your dog. No, the tick shit is bad. Tick shit's nasty. The ticks and ticks are fucking nasty too. So yeah, fucking dude, the ticks. the tick shit's gotten like really bad. Yeah. Um Lyme disease is signified by a large circular rash that you get right next to the bite site. That's what that is? Yeah, so if you get a large <laughs> <laughs> You dog. Um so this is crazy. This is why I include this is in my this turning into the dirty old man show. How soon like until we get to the you're, dirty you're, old man you're, show? You're, you're, I'm you're, doing it. You're doing it. Your white finch semen stuff. That was a lot. That's what I, that felt, like, I felt like it was too far. It was. It was too it was, far. We don't want to be the do dirty it. old man show. I know, but I wanted to do a joke, and I thought that I could work it, work it into it. something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's live. 
It's live. It's right? live. You just try it's shit. It's material. It's live. It's it's, it's, it's you a try bit. shit. Let me tell you, live. We had a sick episode on volcanoes that we that you know you know why oh you my didn't God, we you know why you didn't get a podcast episode. episode last last week, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, is because we we rec- we recorded a volcano episode that was sick. But what we tried to do, we tried to play background music in the back as like we just wanted to try it out, and we spent all week doing this outline. Then we spent like six hours doing the episode. And uh, yeah, it was shit. It was shit because it was we, shit. we played the background music and it ended up sounding horrible. This is the reason that nobody does it. But we had a lot of awesome stuff about volcanoes. And now it's However, gone. we have learned that if we run something back or we rehash it, it kind of loses that first take magic. Yeah, so after you do the first, you, you try with the first take. That's all you have. All you have listen, is one. T- listen, we don't edit this podcast. If you want the volcano episode, reach out to us. We'll send you the lost file. You can no, the lost volcano. No, I, we file. will not send it to you because it's absolute dog files. shit. You don't want to spend an hour listening to that. It's so bad. Um, great info, you know, though. dude. Nature. Can we go? Can we the, do a volcano episode? The, there we isn't. Have, there isn't editing in dude nature. Not really. Not really. <laughs> it just right comes now. Out. Hey, yeah. the re- the reason that um I want to talk about the Lone Star tick. This is crazy. Some people might know about this. I guess. I didn't know anything about this. If you're bitten by the Lone Star Tick, you have a chance of, of contracting alpha gel syndrome. Alpha male syndrome. Alpha male. That's you, a, a, yeah. the, you might contract alpha male syndrome. Yeah. What happens then? Uh, you start going no, to the no. gym. What happens then is that you go to a gym yeah. and you see a short dude that is like maybe about to move the bag for his girlfriend and you come over and you do it before he has a chance to do it and thereby try and steal his woman. I just want to clear up for do you everyone. Get that I want to clear up for you everyone get, that, like, how Noah, that movie Noah is, is not boxing anyone. He's going to a gym no. to do a workout so, I that some, is in the form of yeah, boxing. I'm not. I'm not actually boxing anyone because I'm Jewish, right? So, so wait, there was Jewish boxers. You know that, right? Like good ones. Yeah, the Hebrew Hammer. Who was that? This is a guy who was Jewish. Jewish people, not really boxers. No, they were when they, when we were first immigrating to yeah, this country. Okay. You know, we we were bo- we were boxers. We were of harder stock. Harder stock, Back exactly. Then. Yeah, right. Tailors, boxers, soap makers. Um, to talk about boxing as well. What what is the mask? So yes, I go to boxing like exercise class where you just punch the bag, and so it's already kind of emasculating. And let me explain. Yeah. Because when you go to boxing class, there's like actual. A lot of the men trainers there are actually like real boxers. The women trainers are boxers. Yeah, too. the women. The women, Look at you, Mr. Woke. <laughs> well, standing up for the women. Look at you, I'm Mr. Standing standing up for women. Like women just, listeners, skip, we love you. you we love you. It. You just, you just. I don't skip it. I'm just saying. Guess can I, can I, most, Holy uh, crap. most, yeah, most of the trainers there, Adam, are oh, men. Volume. Most of the trainers volume. are men. Most of the trainers are men. Yeah, the, but there was okay, a lot whatever. of women trainers too. Yeah, so the 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 men and women there actually box. So as a man, when you when you go there to the boxing class, like they know that you're just doing it for exercise and you're like hitting a bag, and it's just kind of a masculine because they're just but they're they, like real boxers. Right, but they will say that's great when you hit the bag. When I was fighting X, right? They're like, this is what happened in this situation, and I got hit because I'm I'm a I'm a man. Right, Sorry. So, so, so they'll be like, "Good job, like nice jab." Like usually, when I'm in a fight, when I am when fighting, I'm in a fight, X, I'll throw two of those in, and then, and then duck out and throw an- and throw another one. I was like, in okay. a situation where I had to do blank, you know, do a quick one, two, three, and out. Right. So no, I just want everyone to know, Noah has is not going to fight anyone. No, but he's doing a boxing workout. Okay. Right. But what I'm trying to explain is that when you when you go to boxing class as a male, uh, you're just already kind of a vagina. 
I know specifically What's wrong with being a vagina, yeah, Noah? I fucking, that was, yeah, exactly. Noah? Nothing is wrong with being a vagina. Okay, so. Everyone who's saying. Oh my God. Do you know how some members of our family say vagina instead of vagina? Yeah. There's no R in vagina. I don't know where vagina. they. They say vagina like Virginia. Vagina. Right? Vagina. 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 Um, Coitus. Vagina. Coitus. What? <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to uninsert myself, but basically, yeah, the dude, the dude upstaged me at the gym. Um, alpha gel syndrome, as we were talking about that you get from the, from the lone star tick. The reason that it's crazy is that if you get alpha gel syndrome, it's a sugar molecule that the tick transmits to you when it bites you. And this molecule causes you to have a severe allergic reaction when you try to eat red meat. Whoa. Why? What's it's the crazy. There? So it's so insane that after getting alpha gel, gel syndrome, like, uh, victims, they can go for two years or longer without being able to eat any red meat. In fact, they can't even be, they say that they can't even be near a restaurant that cooks it because the fumes from the red meat makes them sick. What is it? What is it about that chemical that makes them sick from it? I have no idea. It's we from don't, a tick. We, there's, we don't know much. We, it was discovered, this was discovered in 2008. That is crazy. So it is very recent and we really don't know much about it. Um, there were, and listen to this, this is, this is what's terrifying. There were 12 cases of this in 2009 and in 2019, there were 34,000. Oh my God. Wait. So, it, okay. So is there any other symptoms of this, of alpha male syndrome? Yeah. How fucking crazy is that though? That you, that this, that, that from a tick bite, you can get a disease that, that you are, red meat makes you sick. It's almost like the environmental, t- environmental movement terrorists made this made this yeah, made this virus the, and it was giving it right, out. The monkey wrenchers made this virus. Yeah. For us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bioengineering. I don't know. They, they bioengineered this. Yeah. Why would they not like collect this thing and then spread it around? But these people are getting sick from the smell of red meat. Dude, they get yeah, they can't even smell the fumes of red meat. If you if you read like the quotes on the site for this, um, people will be like they're they'll be like they got nauseous from the fumes. Oh man. So you can get bitten by a tick and not be able to eat red meat. That's so for weird. years. So it's basically it's the environmental movement. What I what I think it is is that I think the tick naturally has the molecule in it in them so that they don't drink too much blood in any one sitting. I think I think Ooh. I think it's in the tick so that when they're on a cow drinking its blood, they don't they like they don't take too it much blood. It would make them sick. It would make them sick. After Why wouldn't a they while? want to take too much? Because they they blow they, up. They'd literally blow up. They'd blow up. They'd be unable to move. I mean, when you think about the tick, you think about is it really a thinking being or is it like a robot? Oh yeah, isn't like does I it does it have a brain? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are in are insects robots or are they? Do they have brains? It's unclear. They have they have brains, right? Okay, but the do tick, they they have brains? They're just really small. What, I don't know. Are that. they all robots? Are they all just little nano robots? It seems like they're kind of robotic a lot of the times. But anyway, what is a day in the life of an insect like? For a tick? Yeah. Day in the life of Fuck a tick. Fuck ticks, You get honestly. up in the morning, you have some coffee, you look outside. Is there a big mammal that you can attach your, yourself onto? Maybe it's the white and finch. Suck. And the white finch. <laughs> so, is it the white finch? Um, it's gross. But I, I think, yeah, I, I think that they have it in their body to make them not drink too much blood. And it activates... And then it's crazy because then they then pass it on to humans. And for us, it makes us not want not able to stand the smell of red meat. So basically, 
What I'm saying is that soon the environmental movement will synthesize this and they will put it in everyone's drinks. Just about, yeah. Halftime honey. Halftime honey. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And after that, it's going to be time for the halftime honey. Yeah, this is the Halftime Honey Toast where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. I find the story and Noah, he responds with his immediate thoughts. Okay. So I raise my glass. Do you have your glass? Yep. Uh, Noah, what are we drinking today? You guys know what we're drinking. We're drinking. What is it? We are drinking the Jack Daniels Honey. I hope wherever you are, you're having a drink with us. Have some coffee, some water, some Jack Daniels, whatever you got. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Coffee, water. You know, oil, white, white finch, white finch stuff, white finch stuff, paper, crumple it up, bad jokes, bad jokes. Um, I raise this glass to the proliferation of Japanese anime shows that feature vampires in the last few years. Tons and tons of them. Just one I'm going to talk about here. Is there any good ones, though? The thing with the anime, anime is that it is either really awesome or really shitty. Or you mean just really weird? Really, what I mean by shitty is colossally weird. And by weird. weird, you mean just too too much. Too much on the weird colossally meter. Colossally weird. Like 11 on the weird meter. Yeah. Um, like, good anime. Would you would you say that Avatar The Last Airbender is anime? It's not. Not really, right? See, that's a great not question. Not in the tradition of anime, really. Damn. So, like, did you ever watch Bleach? No. Okay, the first episode's how's, like how's Bleach. First episode's like, ah, oh, everything's normal, and then whoa, it gets really weird. I tried one that my friends recommended to me, and I was like, this is fucking weird. You got to be into like you played. Um, I am in. What's the game? Full Metal, full full Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that is just how weird is that game? It's weird, right? You just have yeah. to be into kind of that exploring that um, weirdness. Have you ever uh, done Full Metal Alchemist? Have you ever watched that? So is that anime? That? Would you say that? Is I would anime? say that that's anime. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to test to a sh- toast to a show called Devil's Line. I'm going to tell you what it is okay. after we drink this. Are we going to watch it? Okay. Oh, white oh, bitch. Man. Uh, Devil's Line is a Japanese anime show. It features a half-devil, half-human police officer who's a member of a squad called the F-Squad. It investigates vampire crimes, even though he himself... Is a dangerous devil. Yeah, there it is. He's also the love interest yep. of the show's uh-huh. main character. So cheers to vampire anime. Cheers to vampire anime, absolutely. And he's a member of, I just wait, like the F Squad. You, wait. I like being I, a member of the F Squad. I really love anime when it's good. It just It's very hard to wade through the poo okay. of anime. Well, Can you suggest one that look, is good? Avatar The Last Airbender is our favorite show, I yeah. think, of all time. I don't exactly know if that would be considered anime. It is animated. But is it, it in the tradition of anim- anime? I don't know. I think it's considered anime. It's, a, it's the style of animation. Like, what's my favorite anime show? I don't have one. I, I've never watched one. I mean, I've tried to watch Bleach. I've tried to watch a few others. So, Didn't work. So after after Last Airbender, because I want that magic again. I want to I want to capture that anime magic. I tried, but the other shit is just so weird. I just like can't. 
I just don't like it. Lampreys and the Great Lakes. Okay, let's go. We're going to talk about fucking lampreys here. Let's talk about a lamprey. No, do you have your screen share on so I, I can do. show you things? I do, absolutely. Okay. All right, let me show you, before we get started, what these things look like. And I want you to describe to the audience what you are seeing. Okay. okay? Show let me, me show slam- you this fucking... A, sl- a slamprey? Let me show you a slamprey. Okay. Do you um, see this? Yeah, once again, just like what happened in the Kano's episode that people won't be able... Right, like, that you'll never that hear. That people will never hear. You're welcome, by the way. Um, it's called quality control. Yeah, this is a little small. But basically, a lamprey, if you guys imagine... Imagine a worm, okay? And on one end of the, wor- the worm is just a circle and that has just razor blades sticking out. It is the most aggressive-looking mouth. Can you try? Yeah, you try. You try and explain it. Right. It is a, it's a worm. It's a it's a worm with a oval mouth with with like an oval of just razor razor teeth. Okay. Yes. So a lamprey is a parasitic fish that's very prehistoric. It's so prehistoric, in fact, that it looks nothing really like our modern fish. It has a circular mouth with rows and rows of sharp teeth, like a shark. And what they do is they suck onto prey. For example, what we're going to talk about is ocean-going trout specifically, and they suck out their bodily fluids, including their blood. Oh. It's brutal. So these these oh, stuff, so they attack trout in like the rivers. Yes. So they're brutal parasites. They and they in- they can actually get very big. They're basically as long as these ocean-going Wait, trout. They're fucking nasty. They're I, I like. I don't nasty. Think they're a big worm with razor mouth. They're a big worm. They're actually a fish, but they're a big worm. If you look at them closely, they have a dorsal fin like a fish, but they look like a worm. It's a cross between a worm and a fish. So that's why they're cool, because they are this evolutionary link from basically dinosaurs to fish. Um, unfortunately, they are they suck out blood, and they fuck fish up right, right, right fucking up. So they have a, a largely unchanged bodily structure that's been unchanged for over 340 million years. They don't have a skeleton. They have cartilage, so they don't have bone. They're just made of cartilage. They haven't changed for 300 million years. They're, they have not really changed for 340 million years. They are prehistoric. So why are we talking about the Great Lakes? Because I want to talk to you about how bad lampreys can be and how they've been fucking up the American fishing industry. Oh, yeah. Give it this to me. This is also a story of conservation. Yeah, give it to me. Give bit. it to me. So the Great Lakes, what do you know about them? They're big. They're big. There's five of them. I think. Tight. Uh, there's five of them. Tight. So, Tight if you look at the Great Lakes geography, Lake Ontario is the farthest east and is not connected to the other three except by Niagara Falls, like near Buffalo. Yeah. So, this served as a natural barrier to the sea lampreys who were found in Lake Ontario because these sp- the specific type of lamprey was only in Lake Ontario. And However, could, it couldn't get in and it couldn't get into could the not other get lakes. into the other four lakes. Okay. Could not get into Lake Erie, could not get into Lake Michigan. I see. Okay. So, when we started building canals in the early 1900s between the lakes, guess what happens? The sea we lamprey we, gets the it fucking lamp, let the monster the, the fucking lamprey. We released the monster yeah. from its cage and the sea lampreys devastated the trout population. Oh my so, God. before the 1940s, Canada and the United States we harvested about 15 million pounds of lake trout. 15 million pounds of lake trout. And in 1960, after we built the canals, 20 years later, the catch plummeted to about 300,000 pounds. So it was just damn, yeah, a fraction. So it was just 2%. 85% of the fish not killed by the lampreys had attack wounds on them. Let me show you what, what an attack wound looks like. Look at your screen share. Okay, so Adam showed me a picture of a, of a trout 
that has a circular gash in it. Yeah, from like gash. the lamp, a uh, circular gash in it from from the lamprey's mouth. Do you see how brutal that thing looks? That's not just a scar, right? Let me show you another picture of a trout with lamprey on it. Oh my god! So this is a trout with lampreys on it. It's just like there's these w- huge worms that are like a f- like t- a foot to two feet long that have attached their head onto a trout and are hanging off. And it. these are very hardy fish, right? They're big fish, but they're just hanging off it, and they end up killing the trout. Okay, so wait, so so we we fucking released this this monster. Wait, so once again, we have we have fucked shit up by building our canals. We have released this monster onto the Great Lakes. So why are the Great Lakes super important? Because the fishery in the Great Lakes apparently is worth more than seven billion dollars annually. That's seventy five thousand jobs, in addition to all the tourism and the navigation jobs that are also there. <coughs> more than five million people fish the Great Lakes annually. So commercial fishing is the backbone of those communities that are up there. And charter fishing is an important business and also tourism. So we need those areas to survive. If something goes from all the way down to 2% of what it was originally, we're fucking shit up. So what did we do in the 1960s? That is crazy. It is crazy. Just stop off for a second. It's like this monster that we released. This is absolute. Well, that's what it looks like, right? It's like a worm monster. It's like a worm monster. Um, the way that <laughs> we have fought the lampreys. <laughs> my penis. Worm so monster. My penis name worm monster. Over 6,000 different compounds were tested to figure out what could kill the worm monster, sea lampreys, that would not harm other animals and plants. So they figured out this that- This is going to be bad. It's a chemical I'm called- I'm going to guess what's going to happen. We're going to release the chemical. It's going to fuck other shit a up. A chemical called TFM. Apparently, it doesn't fuck other shit up. So it works. But it really fucks lampreys up, where if you look at- After they do the big releases of this pesticide, they do it every year over a 10-day period. You look at the bottom of the lake- it's covered in dead penis worms. Covered in dead lampreys. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So in like 100 years, that's what we're going to be eating. So it's basically what these people who work for the parks do all year. They set up a timed release through hundreds of tributaries. Hundreds and thousands of miles into the lakes. They go to the tributaries. Yeah. They set up timed release little poison blobs right. of TFM. And then over a 10-day period... The poison goes from the tributaries all the way through to the lake and kills basically every sea lamprey they can. So it works. So this how lamp- does it ju- it's called a lampreyside. How, do, how does the, <laughs> the lampreyside just kill lampreys and not kill anything else? I don't know. I mean, they did a lot of research. I mean, it was so bad in the 1950s, many institutions were working on this. That's interesting. It was a big yeah. problem. Okay, so the lampreyside, it's a huge operation, right? It's dumped out by boat, by hand. It's even like you, they, they go out in kayaks and they just dump the lampreyside in like yeah, this yeah, by yeah. their hands, right? It's, they walk up streams and do it. It's shot out by a cannon-looking thing in the streams. It also is shot out by handheld dispensers. It's a fucking giant so operation. So they have to do this every year. That's basically what they do. I wonder how much this costs. Right, it's, it's crazy. Um. When I went to the Great Lakes Fishery Commission website, there's a very cheery video. It's like with happy, happy music. Yeah. Showing thousands, maybe even millions of dead sea lampreys on the bottom of the Great Lakes after they release the lampreyside. Good. So what does that do for the ecosystem? When there's that much dead, dead material. organic matter at the bottom of the lake. Hmm. It's food for bacteria. Right. Maybe it's just food for bacteria. So anyway, the lamp... So... We have control of the population where the fish but, but, the right, fish have come back. Just one thing. Just but yeah. if, if it's if it's food for bacteria, what can happen though is if the bacteria are really going at it down there, it can warm the temperature of that whole area. Right. So where is the rub with this whole this whole thing? Well, if you if 
I mean, it's gonna fuck it up. It's gonna yeah, fuck we, something we up. We fuck shit up. We fuck shit up. It's like the it's like it's like the code. Tell them about your code. Like if you fuck with something enough, it's going to fuck something else. If you yeah, can you explain that better? Can I explain that? If you fuck Mr. with something, coder. why why am I? You have to be a coder to understand that. Well, it's just a code. You know, it's a code thing. If you fuck with something, you're protecting gonna, women and protecting code on this episode. You don't always know what the bad parts of something are. It's, it's sometimes it's very hard to tell what the symptoms of doing something that seems like the right choice is at the moment. Right. For example, I always use the example of killing national killing, killing wolves in the national parks in Yellowstone. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a good one. Tell, we kill, we kill all the wolves and then the deer population skyrockets and the deer end up eating all the edible grasses. And so eventually the deer end up dying off. So now you have no deer and no wolves because if you pull, <laughs> if you pull one thing out from the food chain, what we know is it's extremely complicated and fragile, and the whole thing will fall apart. So, right. So this is a Band-Aid for the fact that these sea lampreys are in the lakes where they, they weren't yeah. originally I mean, in there. Like, what else are they supposed to do, though? Right. What else are they supposed to I do? The chemical scene is pretty, like, it's working really well. So besides doing lampricide, they do dams that trout can apparently jump over. Okay. But lampreys can't. Right. They, they pull them out by hand. They do other things, but lampricide is the biggest thing that they do. Um... Yeah, so that's about lampreys in the Great Lakes. It is the biggest control project by monetary measures in the entire world to control an, an invertebrate species. In it's the, the biggest in the world to control. The biggest in the world and the most, the most successful, quotation marks, successful in that it does kill the lampreys. Can we eat them? Let me get to that. Food. We might as well Let use move the on. dead lamprey. Okay. Lamprey soup. Let me show you some. Want real- some lamp soup? Look at this shit. Look at this fucking picture. I'm gonna send you. Oh shit! You see shit. that shit? Can you describe what that is? Okay, so Adam's title on this picture is Portuguese lamprey rice. This is a lamp, a, a meal from a lamprey. It looks like brown mush. It looks like the grossest fucking shit. You would never eat this. It looks. It looks like a bunch of br- like brown black mush with cre- where creatures hiding inside of it. That shit nasty. It looks fucking okay, nasty. Okay, so it's in quotes. This is one of the most important dishes in Portuguese cuisine. What? The, the lamp Portuguese rice? lamprey rice. If you're Portuguese listening to this, can you please help us understand why someone will want to eat this disgusting brown mush? That looks fucking disgusting. Okay, it's so sought after that there is government regulation in Portugal over what can technically be called lamprey rice and what okay, cannot be so, called lamprey rice. So let me rice. ask you, can remember like the scorpionpreneurs in Iran yeah. that were collecting scorpions and stuff? So is there a lampreypreneurs where you can go to the Great Lakes, harvest the lampreys, and somehow ship them to Portugal? That is genius. Fuck yeah. Great Lakes lampreys. Great Lakes or lampreys. Lamprey Brothers, Inc. Lamprey, lamprey, I can't even, Lamprey Brothers. Finest quality sea lamprey from F- Great Lakes. Finest re- authentic lamprey. We send it over in cans. Uh, get your authentic lamprey. Free t-shirt. <laughs> First package. Yeah, you send it over in like a can. Can um, lamprey. Apparently the Romans loved to eat them. They were widely eaten by the upper class of Europe. So people eat them. It happens. In Japan, it's called Yatsume Kabayaki, which is Japanese fried lamprey. Who I want to know who is collecting lampreys and selling them. Someone is doing this, right? I don't know. Maybe not. If someone is not doing it, maybe we should. Let me show you this map of the Great Lakes really quick so you can see why. Do you see Lake Ontario on the right there, on the east? Right. So Adam showed me, Adam showed me a map of the Great Lakes, and what he's showing is that Lake Ontario is separated from Erie, Huron, Michigan, and Superior. Right, so like Huron, Huron, I think 
Huron? Huron? Huron. Anyway, so you see that Lake Ontario is a natural barrier, right? And that barrier between Ontario and Lake Erie, right by Buffalo, is the Niagara Falls. And so I guess the lamp... I was like, can't the lampreys just go off it and fall, fall down? They're all, like, squishy and shit, but no, they can't. They literally could not get over that barrier. So they were just in Lake Ontario, and then the other lakes weren't ready for them. Yeah. So be careful what you're releasing into the wild. I, I can't believe people... The, the picture you showed me is fucking nasty. You want to see it again? Portuguese lamprey rice? How fucking Yo, gross I, is I that? I just want to explain to the people. It looks like the grossest black mush dish you've ever seen with like a With creature, pieces of lamprey. With pieces of like a nasty ass creature hiding in it. Damn, that shit is filthy. We are going to do one more break. And after that, it is time for the open kimono. This is the open kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic and leave nothing to the imagination. So what is your open kimono? My open kimono is leeches are currently used for modern medicine to help reattach fingers by making the blood flow and sucking out the stale blood. And if anyone out there has tried lamprey, please let us know because it looks absolutely fucking nasty. Yeah. My open kimono is that lamprey rice is nasty. People fucking eat that shit. It's a delicacy in Portugal. Oh, my God. You're not going to be eating any lamprey in Lisbon? It makes me want to vomit. Any Lisbon lamprey? Well, it's it's authentic American lamprey in Lisbon. Do you think that there's a di- Well, is there a difference between the lamprey that they're eating and lamprey the lamprey? Lamprey Brothers, Inc. Right? Authentic American Supplier, lamprey. American-made lamprey. American-made lamprey. Straight from Lake Ontario. Guess it works every way. We tell we tell Lake the Lake Erie people, listen, no, that's what I'm you saying. don't have to do your lamprey side. Save some money there. We will take the vast majority of your lamprey. We'll can them yeah, and wh- send them over. No, no, no. We'll take care of removing all the lampreys for you. So we, we works with the park, and then we sell it. We sell it in Europe. Yeah. Eat this disgusting, you know, fish penis worm. Nasty shit. He's, you're, do you have anything else you want to say for open kimono? Um... No, I, I was, I was, oh, oh, the, the alpha gel syndrome from the tick yeah. is crazy that a creature can give you something that makes, that makes you basically allergic to red meat and disgusted by it. Wow. I think vegetarians, as vegetarians, we should get, maybe we should ingest some of That's what I'm saying. When is the environmental movement going to take this and synthesize it and just spray it over everyone's food? You, like a biological attack like a to bio be a vegetarian. Attack. Yeah. How many idea. books have you read? I've read it. A ton of there was a Tom Clancy book that the terrorist ends up being like an eco terrorist. This was not in fifty. Have you grade. have you read what like uh, there's a lot of fiction where the terrorist ends up being like an environmental terrorist. My joke. 
Did you hear my joke? What? I said this was not in Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't get it. I don't get it. Fifty Shades of Grey is a sexual book. So I was reading a sexual book about tying, you know, sexual, like a dominant, like a leather strap whip thing. Yeah, what? Shades, I, you're familiar I don't with get Fifty Shades of Grey? How that even like the connects to what I was saying? Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. How does that even connect to what I was saying? Because I was saying that it was not in the book. The lamprey. The lamprey you're a lamprey. Stuff. Yeah. You're acting like a sea lamprey. Yeah, never mind. A little, little historic brain. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Thank you very much for listening. Shout out to Sarah and her boyfriends. Hopefully they don't eat lamprey. Hopefully they don't think like a lamprey and they don't have teeth, you know, ringed around their mouth. Uh, <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, due to underscore nature at Instagram, please send us the message. We love hearing from you guys. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye.